My name's Nick. I'm the owner of Kevlar Joe's and I'm the roaster. I'm an Air Force Security Forces veteran, a dad to three wild boys, and a husband to my wife, Crystal, and a coffee enthusiast. From a family in a small town in Missouri, we started with the simple idea of crafting a perfectly bold cup of coffee. Inspired by wellness and countless pots of stale coffee while deployed, we wanted to craft a bold, clean, and smooth coffee. So we did. And we realized we wanted to share this coffee with our friends. Lord knows we could all use a good cup of coffee right about now. From the farm to your coffee cup, there's nothing like a good, well-crafted, and bold cup of coffee. No matter what time of the day, it's there to pick you up, motivate you, and relax you. We hope you enjoy our coffee. Be bold, be humble, be Kevlar. And you can find Kevlar Joe's Coffee Company anytime you want at www.kevlarjoe.com. And for listeners of the Dig Bible Podcast, use the code, all caps, DIG20, whenever you're checking out to get a 20% off discount. Enjoy. should read our Bible as men digging for buried treasure. The Bible is the world's most popular enigma. Its secrets lost to cultures beneath the sands of time. Or is it? It is the glory of God to conceal things but the glory of kings is to search things out. God wants you to seek, to read his word, to to look for that knowledge. He wants you to do that. Man, the people at Nicaea, they like chopped out 80 books of the Bible. We need to bring those back. There's more bad guys in this thing than a Bruce Willis Let's back it up here. I, I love the intro to the show because it's exactly right. There's these nuggets of gold in his word. As you guys always sign the show, you, you gotta dig it. Dig it. Show us your nuggets. God, our creator, lies outside of time and space and matter. I, know, I feel like God's be like, hello, McFly! You ain't got it so far, then. There are secret societies think that they are the descendants of the giant. I mean, isn't isn't this exciting? I mean, you read it, it's like, wow. The Nephilology round table. But these angels were taken to help immediately. Do not pass gold, do not collect $200. You're out of the game. Dirty hands means clean theology. Can you dig it? What's going on, all my local guys and gals and long-distance pals? We back. We are. Yes, we are. <laughs> yes, we are. Well, I'm excited about this. We've been talking about doing something like this for a long time, um, but kind of part of the new the new uh, uh, format starting this season, and we'll kind of see how it goes and, and, and play it by ear and 
but throwing in some Bible study, I'd say for lack of, for lack of a better word, cause it's not really a, we're going to try to go through these books and really try to break down and find out, you know, those nuggets that Justin likes to talk about and, and try to pull those out and really, really kind of hone in on what God's trying to tell us. And I think that that's a big thing is that we would love you to send in something to, to say, Hey, what about this? Or what about that? Send in some questions, send in some things like that. So we can really, really dive in it. It helps us just want to read more and, and dive into things more, but. And it all started as Bible study to begin with. It so why not have one? That's right. So our, our goal is to pick a book, go through it, and we're done. Choose another book. So this week we're, this section until we get through it, we're going to go through Acts. Yeah, and this is not going to be a, you know, Dr. Michael Heiser or uh, Derek and Sharon Gilbert, you know, verse by verse, all the no, Greek, Hebrew, no. and... But there's a little bit of that. I don't even know a English. A little bit. Don't, there's some things that I think are really but, but important. But it's not going to be a, well, a, an hour episode in three verses. <laughs> which is amazing. And that's I have to give unbelievable credit to someone like Dr. Michael Heiser, who can take two to three verses of a Bible, make an hour and a half show, and I'm on the edge of my seat the entire time. <laughs> I he, It's unreal, but... I, th- I think that when you, when we look at this from, and we're looking at it more from the, the layman side of things, you know, we are not Bible scholars, you know, we will not claim to be Bible scholars, but when we read the Bible and, and you're listening to what God's telling you, he, he pulls things out that he finds that, that he wants you to see as important. He wants you to, to understand these things. And I, I just, I think this is an awesome way of uh, doing that. And, Please, like I said, send questions. If you see anything or if you have other insights, just let us know. Especially where you know we're going to be in this book. And let's say we only get through, you know, two or three chapters this go around. Well, you know we're going to be in this book. Read ahead. If you got questions, go ahead and email them in Mm -hmm. or submit them on the community forum. That way, when we do get to that part, we know what you're looking for. Uh, Right. And you can help steer the show a little bit that way. There you go. And And the schedule, so you know. What we're going to do every last Thursday. That's how we're recording. Or, how right. it'll be released might well, be a true, little different. True. But, but yeah, we're going to record every the last, four weeks. Last Thursday right, you know. of every month will be the Bible study. Yeah, so once a month, we still have you know three to four other shows a month, but once a month we'll get into a Bible right. study, which is great because uh, we love doing the interview stuff. We love deep diving like we did last week into. Uh, the uh, founding, founding fathers, fathers which was extremely depressing to me at the same time but we love diving into a lot of those different things but i think that this gives us just a little more of a platform and it keeps us grounded because this is called you know the dig bible podcast we need to dig into that bible and that's that's what this is all about well let's get in prayer and get started uh heavenly father thank you for this day thank you for all your many blessings that you give us we pray uh, for uh, Dr. Michael Heiser and his family that uh, you comfort them in their time of need. Uh, and we just pray that you uh, bless and comfort them. He's been a great blessing and comfort to all of us in this community. And we just uh, pray your hand over uh, this study and your word and discernment over your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Chapter 1. Chapter 1. Acts. So... 
layman's uh, overview, what did you guys think uh, the the overall view slash summary of chapter one? What was the gist? I think it's important to to look at what's happening when Acts is happening, the beginning of Acts, right? So we assume Luke's the writer. He's writing like he did to Theophilus, right, at the beginning of his book. But what's happening right then is the beginning of Acts is when Pentecost is happening, which is a really important thing because if you look at Pentecost, right, traditionally Pentecost was, you know, when, when everybody thinks of Pentecost, they think of, you know, the, the Holy Spirit coming down on everybody. But Pentecost was really the, the Feast of Weeks. It was the it was the commemoration of the revelation of the Torah on Mount Sinai to the Jewish people. I mean, that's really what the Feast of Weeks or what Pentecost was. So big thing, which is really this is overview. I'm just I know it's overview. Chapter. I know that's chapter two, but I'm just we're this is just kind of he's setting up. I'm setting up the, the whole the thing. Time here, frame. The time frame here. Yeah, just just give me right. just, just I thought I was going to tell you to back it up already. No, 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 no. But I think it's important what you have to think is that all this stuff is happening, right? We're going to get to when the Spirit comes down. We're going to get to that. But the fact of the matter is that God shows this time. First of all, he told them, you know, to stay and wait in Jerusalem. But So he sets this time because it's during Pentecost. What happens during Pentecost? The Jews come back to Jerusalem to celebrate. Not only the 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 two southern tribes always talk about judah and benjamin but the 10 supposed lost tribes right that, that were right ended up being samaria they had been uh, captured and and basically exiled by the assyrians like they were separated all over the world they had been spread out god used pentecost that time when he knew they'd all be in jerusalem to make this and start in jerusalem because you know what if we go into the 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 um, Deuteronomy world, uh, the 32 worldview, God started in Jerusalem because that's his people. That was his true allotment. Everybody would know from there it was coming from God, right? So that's just to set the stage a little bit right, as far that, as... That at the time was like their biggest city, their holy city. Yes, that's where everybody so, came for those right. festivals. Yeah, so yeah. everybody was going to come back and then they were going to leave. God knew he was going to use them to leave and go out and spread his to go, word. To go back home. So it was one of yeah. three festivals that the Jewish people had to pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of pilgrimages. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I know that. I was just giving that little... Just time, period of time. Right. I just think that that's really cool to see that God's working in these ways. Not only did he take those those 10 lost tribes that were spread out all over the world, they were exiled, but he used that evil, something bad that happened to those people for good because he brought them back to Jerusalem and then, then they're able to spread the word back out to the rest of the world. So even then, something bad, God used for good, the greater good. So I just think that's kind of interesting. So what do you think of chapter one being so chapter one, right? <laughs> so we got, like you said, they're all, you know, around Jerusalem. And then uh, it says, you know, it talks about God's going up to or Jesus going up to heaven. Same thing. Right. Yeah. Same thing. Same guy. Two different, two different personas, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's the Trinity so hard to explain. <laughs> but anyhow, let's see here. So, so what happens here is God ascends to heaven, or Jesus ascends to heaven, and also Judas. It talks about Judas bursting open again. You know, mm-hmm. they supposedly say he hung himself, and then somehow he fell and burst on the his body burst on the ground. The which, field of blood. Right, which was, if I remember right, um, that had to happen. That was like a answering a prophecy. I don't know where I read that, but I do know that. And then they had to choose someone to replace Judas because there was 12 disciples as there was 12 tribes. Matthias? Yeah. Is that, is that how you can say that I, name? Mathis. Mathis? I said Matthias. Matthias. It probably is Matthias. But that I sounds don't. more like this probably is Matthias. <clears throat> so then Matthias gets chosen at the end of chapter one. Yeah. They they, you know, pick lots and Matthias was the winner. What do you think, Justin? Yeah, that's what I got. I did, uh, picks up after the the death and ascension of Jesus. You know, and the first act of business was to replace Judas, and that they had cast lots, which probably meant more than likely, you know, rolled rolled some Greek dice or something like that, and and the lot fell on Matthew. Right. So I think that I think that's cool. But the the cool thing too, right at the beginning of chapter one, it talks about how Jesus had shown himself, you know, for forty days. Right. You know, that number. He, he, forty, that, the forty, the, the flood, forty. On top of the fact that it's 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 showing, you know, he he's witnessing, he's letting people see him, letting everybody know this really happened. You know, right. he's 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 being his own witness at that time. I mean, that's just no other religion has that. You know, we ha- people were there to witness the actual resurrection and to see him afterwards, to know that he lived. They saw him die, one of the worst ways to die. And then they saw him alive, you know, three to 43 days later. Yeah, and the 40, I think, is important for, you know, symbolism. You know, you see 40 always when it's a time of trial or tribulation and right before the beginning of something new. You know, Israel was in the wilderness for 40 years being tried and tempted before something new. They came back into their promised land. Jesus was tempted for 40 days in yeah. the wilderness before something new, his new ministry. Uh, it rained 40 days and 40 nights before a new creation. Mm-hmm. This is God and the writers trying to sh- signal here with that number, something new is coming. And the cool part is Jesus leaves, but he really doesn't because in the end, I mean, God still comes back yeah. shortly. Right. Shortly. Shortly. <laughs> And uh, verse 5, I I got that as like a talking point, something that stood out. You know, it says, For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, in my notes, I got that that was a callback to uh, Jeremiah 31 and Ezekiel 11. Talked about a new covenant, that they would be given new hearts you know, Jesus is telling them to stay in Jerusalem and wait for the promise that was coming from Pentecost. You know, this was God's allotted portion from Deuteronomy 32. This was uh, the beachhead 
where they would launch their assault to take back the nations. He had his uh, soldiers stationed and ready to go. They had to wait for the ammo to arrive and the direction from their general, the Holy Spirit. I like that army talk. <laughs> I, I figured you would appreciate that. I always thought it was cool, too, how the angels, I'm assuming angels, as they're like, where are you going? Just <laughs> staring up. Like, what are you guys doing? So the other thing I think kind of from that part, too, is, you know, it, it, they immediately, you know, they're still asking, like, hey, hey has the time come? You know, for you to reclaim the kingdom, right? And, yeah, uh, like, free them like, from Rome. And they think much. they think right then that you know that this is happening in their you know not just in their lifetime but like now. And I think that you see that throughout Acts and and then later on through like Paul's books, they're sitting there when it says that they're going to go out to the end of the world, right? The the Great Commission, right? You're going to go out to the ends of the world. They really were looking at that table of nations, right? That they're just looking at that that's to them was the end of the world. They had to get there and they had to get there as fast as they could. Cause Jesus was coming back in their lifetime and they did their job. And then the torch is handed off, you know, to us after that. But I just think that's, you know, they were, when he said coming back soon, they still, after everything they'd seen, they still were like, well, that means boom, it's happening. And they were still thinking carnally, you know, verse six, you know, right. they're asking the Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're still, they're still they're still like the Pharisees. They're you know they're thinking carnally and not spiritually. They're 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 missing the point, right? Mm -hmm. And that could have been why they still was staring up in heaven. Like, is he going to get his army to come and free us from Rome, <laughs> or you know whatever? But um, for those who watch the Chosen, have you seen the Chosen? Uh, that's the show is unreal. It mm -hmm. is unreal. But when you said soon, it made me chuckle because <laughs> the whole season two. He's like, soon. Yeah, that's a funny word, soon. <laughs> Is it like in a minute, in an hour, in a day? And then he's like, my father, the word soon could be 10,000 years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just thought that was, you know. That show is great because it really it's, human, it's amazing. It, it humanizes and, and, and it puts a, a personality. Yeah. You, you see it in a different way because I always thought, of, I thought of Jesus is so stoic. You know, you always, when I think of, you know, I think about, he loved everybody. He was very right. compassionate, but to see him have banter with people to have a personality and have a personality and, and it, it granted whether or not it's exactly how it was. I mean, the guy plays a very good, um, depiction of Jesus, but it, it helps put it more into your mind is how potentially maybe things were a little oh, more yeah. along those lines. Right. I think it's, I think it's really it's, well done. Yeah. If you haven't watched it, it's amazing. Because it, like you said, it gives personalities, you know, and I've, I've grew up in church the whole time. It talks about, you know, Jesus ate with tax collectors. He's talking about Matthew the whole time. You know, I never put them two together, even though it says, you know, he called Matthew and said, we're going to go eat at your house, you know, but it was just... It's just amazing to see. And, you know, uh, like Simon and Andrew, you know. The Brothers Matt, of Thunder. Yeah. No, that's John uh, and. John, yeah. This John and. Uh, that was one of my most memorable moments from yeah, that show. Yeah. We will bring down the thunder and smite thee. Yeah. Know? And he's like, we'll call you Sons, Sons of, of Thunder. Sons of Thunder. <laughs> but, I mean, he was like 
you know, Matthew was their tax collector, so they despised Matthew. So the show even shows that conflict between the amongst apostles. each other, you know. And it's it's a bunch of guys. You're but, not going to get along. No, but it shows you know? that because you don't get that. You no, know. you don't get that reading it. But that's the thing. It's, it it look, makes it real. And people, and that's what we talk about too, is looking at it through the eyes of the writers. They would have known that because they right, knew yeah. everybody hated those tax collectors. It does say that. But you, when you think about their day-to-day talks and the day-to-day things, I think it's pretty cool. It, but, it is very, very awesome of a show. But anyhow, we, that was enough of that sidebar. <laughs> There's going to be plenty of those. Yeah, but verse eleven that stood out to me. Uh, you know, it said, uh, "This Jesus who was taken up from heaven will come again the same way." Right. That's so, Revelation, and that comes back to uh, uh, Zechariah fourteen five. You know, it says that he lands on the Mount of Olives and splits the mountain in two. Right. You know, that's why we we had that interview with Derek Gilbert. You know, he said. When people say, you know, the final battle will be fought at Megiddo. No, yeah. it will not. It will be fought in Jerusalem, just like Zechariah yeah. predicted. <laughs> and the Sabbath day journey, in, in verse 12, I never realized this. Do you guys know what a Sabbath day journey is? There's a, well, I know you can only walk so much on the Sabbath day. There's Levitical law that, that tells so them they can steps. only travel so long on the Sabbath day, and that was uh, three-fifths of, of a mile. Okay. And they walk, it says That here, was their allowance. <laughs> well, the apostles, well, I, I guess that's, they said, uh, let's see. You said 12? Verse 12? Yes, yeah, where it says they traveled a Sabbath day journey away. Okay. Well, mine's my, oh, mine the right. That's the thing, and, and I'm still getting, because I have, actually here with mine, I have the NLT, which I've been going back and forth between the ESV and the NLT, and there is some, there's some differences yeah, in okay. how it's translated. That's what I'm, yeah, the NLT says they returned from the Mount of Olives a distance of a half a mile. That's why I was, but not even, you know, I mean, that's yeah. not that far. Yeah. Uh, for all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and then we so, keep going. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, I just, you guys got anything else on chapter one? No. That stood out? But you know, it so, tells them they went up. I, I just think it's, I think it's um, interesting that a lot of time that Peter's, oh, I'm sorry. Never mind. That's chapter two. I lied. Okay, so chapter two, overview, and then we'll go right. to so this talking, is talking about points. on the day of Pentecost. Yes, so it starts. So, and that's pretty much, I guess, the the, the theme of this, chapter two is, is, is the this is the part that we've you know this is the Sunday school part, right? right. This is the part that everybody knows, even you know, or they think are, they do, or they, they think they, they do. Think, I should say, yeah, they get the broad picture, they get the broad strokes. They think you know this is what Pentecost is 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 you know the tongues of fire or that that are that are on everybody and they're they're you know filled with the holy spirit and that's kind of the story that you know and they're they're out speaking in tongues and and things of that nature which i have my own um ideas on that but we'll we'll get to that in a little bit but as far as the i mean this is the this is kind of the bread and butter of where they you know Jesus just left but guess what god didn't leave them he's right, right. back and he's living yeah, he inside said a few days you and, know 
And from this point on, you know, people who accept Jesus have the Holy Spirit in them. And uh, oh, I do think that there is a a, a, a kind of a, a big thing that it was kind of the end of chapter uh, one into two, and 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 even following this later on in the, into uh, like Paul's letters and things is is the word apostle, and it's apostolos right in the Greek, but the word apostle means um, it means one who is sent out. So. You know, Paul labeled himself as an apostle because he was sent out by God, you know, after that, you know, the miraculous when God came down and basically he fell to the ground because it was so bright. I mean, there's a lot of people were apostles after this. There was still only 12 disciples, actually down to 11, but they replaced Judas with Matthias. And then you go on further after that. But after this, they talk about them as apostles. Um Occasionally, they'll jump back and say disciples when they're talking about the original. But apostles after that are the ones who are sent out. And right now, after this, with the Great Commission and that job that's passed on to us, we are now apostles. That word refers to us. We are sent out by God. You could only have um, what they said with an apostle, the way they looked at it was you had to have some kind of spiritual encounter like Paul had or, you know, God sent you out. But as soon as we had the Holy Spirit in us, we had that encounter. Now we're sent out. Now that's our job. And I just think that that's an important distinction. You see the disciples and then you hear apostles. A lot of people will think that that's the same thing, and it, and it wasn't. But anyway, I digress a little bit from that. So the Holy Spirit came upon them <laughs> <laughs> in chapter 2. I sure did. <laughs> Which what I think is funny is... Uh, how a lot of you know Christians don't have that supernatural worldview, you know, in the Deuteronomy thirty-two, sons of God, but it's everywhere. I mean, and it's right here. You know, you know, Stephen touched on it uh, in chapter two, right when it starts off. It says, you know, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. You know, you know, Pentecost, and we you know touched on it lightly. It was was one of the three festivals that required all Jewish men to come to Jerusalem. And uh, according to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 5 and 6, that Pentecost was 50 days exactly after Passover. So, you know, Jesus died on Passover. He was in the grave for three days. He was alive for 40. Then they traveled a Sabbath day travel. So add another one, there's 43. That's six days unaccounted for. So we got a six-day time gap between then and now so uh you know and you mentioned it was the uh the festival of the gathering of the first fruits you know so the apostles were the first fruits of this new covenant and the receiving of the holy spirit you know when, when the the tongues of fire you know aka the holy spirit descended they all spake you know the same language you know this was god signaling to his people and claiming all of his nations and reversing what happened at the Tower of Babel. Uh, and like you said, this was celebrating the, the giving of the law. This this happened at that time because it was <laughs> a new a new law was, was coming. And I just think that's wild how, like you said, Sunday school teaching, reading mm -hmm. all the time, and that's just something just completely o overlooked. Oh, yeah. I, 
I think that now every time we go through one of these studies or we think of something, we look at, we go back to Egypt and, and the plagues and, and how much, you know, you, you remember from Sunday school. And then when you look into it, you're like, holy crap, there's so much, there's so much more. And if we don't have that worldview where we really truly see things through their eyes, then we miss the mark. We miss the point. We might get the overall story, but we don't get everything that's meant for us to pull out of there. Mm-hmm. There's just so much more to it. But I think that's kind of well. Then Peter starts talking. Peter talk. Peter talks a lot through this he one, does. doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he start. He pretty much was. You know, the crowd was like, "Look at these people. They're drunk." Yeah. You know. Because they're talking in different tongues and and everything, and everybody's able to understand them. Sure. <laughs> See, I wonder too if it was an audible thing. <laughs> what? If they were still speaking in their normal tongues, I but everybody could just understand. See, that's what I think. That's what. I, well, so imagine you know, oh, they're drunk with new wine because you're over here speaking German and I'm speaking back to you. In English, but we're both nodding our heads and agreeing. It looks like we're carrying on a good conversation. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, they're sh- yeah, they're they, high. They, they don't even make no sense. Yeah. But uh, but Acts 2.6, to that point, the way this the way this is written, it says, and at the sound of the multitude, at, the, at that, I'm sorry, at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. Right. So he didn't say he was speaking in their language. No, each one they could hear them. them. In his own. That's right. how I've always thought that. Right. And always believed that is that God kind of put the, uh, the, the, the filter on it. Like if, and you guys probably have never watched this show, but my, my wife always been a big fan of Dr. Who, if you ever seen that. And he's got a, he's got a machine <laughs> called the TARDIS and whatever he talks, he could talk to any different culture because it translates it for him into their ears the same kind of way. But that's how I've always pictured that. And it, it's it's kind of funny, but I've always seen it that way. But, and I think it's cool too because it goes into and shows you all the different places where these people were from. Right? Yeah. It tells you all these different, oh, yeah. different countries, different areas from the uh, Pontius, Egypt, Cyrene. I mean, they were Rome. They were from all over the known world. Yeah, it was a sampling of all the uh, ones listed in Genesis ten. As far the as nations. the nations, the table of nations, when we talk about that. And it's, and it's also where those, those, the different, um, the different, uh, Israelites, the tribes that had been lost, had been spread about among those nations, like we were saying before, and they came from there, they heard this and they took it back with them. It was God's first, his first strike. If you want to keep with the military terms, his first strike from the Holy land, sending out his spiritual missiles around the entire world. If I don't know how you want to put that, but he's he's sending everybody out at once. Right. And you know, he gets that a blitzkrieg boost. What's that? A German blitzkrieg. Yeah, a blitz. I don't know That's what where that the word means. blitz come from. Like in football where everybody attacks. Everybody attacks at once. At once. That's a blitzkrieg. Fair enough. You learn something new every day. Yeah. Yeah, that's where the word blitz is. Yeah, Hitler. Yeah, when he uh Whenever he attacks somebody in the middle of the night, he'd send every single plane, every single foot soldier, everything, everything all at once. And they called it the Blitz Creek. Hmm. Da. <laughs> but anyhow, so so Peter, you know, he's, I guess, rebuking kind of. Testifying, the comments, yeah. The comments of calling them drunks. 
and and well, he and he calls them out like you're the ones that killed Jesus. I mean, just pounds them. I think that it's pretty funny though. Cause Drops them hundred pound bombs on. Them. I almost feel I almost feel like Peter might have laughed a little bit at the beginning of this, like like when they first said that he goes, he goes. Uh, these people are not drunk as some of you are assuming nine o'clock in the morning is way too early for that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Peter like laughed at that. And then right. he just comes at him. Yeah. Just like a, like a ball of lightning just coming right at him after that. They even had time to have their wine yet. No. Right. Then, it, you know, and later on after his, his preaching pretty much, I guess they added 3000 to the following of Christ. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and I mean, it, just think if he's talking, and three thousand were saved, you know, yeah. normal terms. How many people were there? Yeah, because it was a holy feast. You know, yeah, they were it, all there. Well, I mean, just to hear him speak, oh, place yeah. would have been packed. I think you know it was I mean? like right outside the temple. Right. I mean, that's a lot of you know. Say say if it's a third got saved, that's not that what. Yeah, nine thousand people. You know, because obviously you ain't going to get everybody. Yeah. But. And what I think is crazy, too, is at the end of it, at the end of that chapter, you know, you know, it says, and awe came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And it, you know, goes on to say that, you know, they were uh, just of, of one accord, one mind, selling everything they owned oh, and giving yeah, to the, the poor. End. You know yep. what I mean? That, that's a that's a very they, beautiful if, picture. If somebody needed help, they'd sell, I would sell my stuff to be able to, to have the funds to help you yes. out, and so because they like thought a, the end was coming, yeah, you know, this stuff didn't matter. Yep. So this is what we talk about, Ben, when the world starts going ending and we sell everything and we all move into our commune, which is here, <laughs> which probably. is here. That's fine. That's fine. But that's you know, that's what they were you, doing. I won't say what to bring, but you boys know what to bring. We know what to bring. Food, 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 and Jeep parts. <laughs> And gasoline to run the jeeps. Yeah, there you go. It goes we need without the gas. saying. Yeah, we we need the gas. <laughs> so, everybody good? Or everybody, yeah, next chapter? chapter? Three. Yeah, that, I mean chapter that, three overview. Like so, I guess uh, Peter, you know, heals a lame man, and all the people, were, you know, were amazed and right. followed him out to the but, market. But how did Peter do it? In Jesus Christ's name, right? Yeah. Because, you know, but when Jesus was doing his healings, he just said, in the name of stand the up. Yeah. Well, it was in the name of the yeah. Father. Or, yeah, so yeah. now they're doing it in Jesus' Christ's name. So I look at it like this. Now Christ has the power. Because they're saying in Je not in God's name, the Father's name, as Jesus did. Now they're saying in Jesus' name. So kind of like almost in sense like in revelations who's worthy and jesus is the only one worthy the now now he has the power right i guess backing up his claim where he said authority. all authority he has, has been given authority. unto me right so now you would say in the authorator's name i guess that's what <laughs> authorities the authorities the authorities name. Name. yeah you know, so in Jesus Christ's name. Well, so when, they're when Peter, they're claiming Jesus is the one with the, the authority now on top of 
I think they're pronouncing he's God. I mean, that's the whole Well, that's point. what I was going to say is because that, that he comes right out and pretty much says it. You know, uh, in verse 15, you know, he's rebuking them, you know, telling them, you know, you, you killed, you know, the Christ and everything. In verse 15, it says, And you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. Mm-hmm. To right. this we are witnesses. I mean, saying Jesus is the author of life. He was the creator. And that shows you kind of the insight John had when he said, you know, about the word. And again, showing you he's full of the Holy Spirit, right? Talking about Jesus being the creator who was a man on earth, who was still not the father, showing all three separate distinctions of the Trinity right there all at one time. And it does that throughout the Bible. We found that a ton of different times looking through this where you can see the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit all together in, in, you know, even from the very beginning of the Bible, we talk about that. Yeah, and he, I also got, he condemned the Jews again for killing, <laughs> for killing Jesus. And see, that's the thing, too, of... is like the Jewish people had it wrong. Yeah. The modern-day Judaizers that are trying to go back to this have it wrong. And right after the ascension of Christ, Peter tells them, they are wrong. Verse 22, you know, because they see Moses as the Messiah. You know, Moses was the great one, you know, and uh, were they were comparing Jesus to him and everything else. They were, you know, everything that Jesus done asked, well, what did the great prophet Moses have to say? Or, you know, what does Moses' law say? Well, verse 22 says, Moses said, Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers you shall listen to him and whatever he tells you and it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from that people it's once again comparing jesus to moses and showing that he was superior in every other way and the old covenant law was dead dead you don't have to be a bible scholar to insure your home and auto with the better insurance agency So even if you don't know your tabernacle from your tallest, we will still help you shop through multiple insurance companies to find the right coverage and low price. Whether it is home or auto, life insurance, or insurance for your small business, the Better Insurance Agency will be there to help. After all, a better future is built on a firm foundation. Find out more and visit us at www.thebetterquote.com today. Available only in Virginia and Tennessee. And mine says cut off from God's people. So so you can you can go. But this is I have a I mean not that I mean everything they're saying and everything you're saying I agree with a hundred percent. But I have a take on this where, and I've written about it a couple times. But the the there was kind of a there was a reason that things happened the way they did. You know, Jesus came and and they knew it's been talked about in Isaiah. It was prophesied that his people, his own people, would turn away from him. God knew that was going to happen. It had to be that way, and I believe, and I firmly believe that because those Jewish people that he had a, a covenant with, that that in the end, that's the 144,000 from Revelation, that those are the ones God's going to have his people be his final witnesses. And there's some other scripture, and if we ever get to Romans and whatnot, we'll talk about that some more, but um, I just, I think that there's a whole, God knew this was going to happen. He's not going to spurn his people. He knows in the end, that he had a covenant with them, and and he is going to end up using them for the for for his final plan. But once again, I like I said, I'm getting ahead of us a little bit, which is not my normal thing. 
Yeah, back it up. I got to back it up. So 24, right after what Justin was reading, it says, starting with Samuel, every prophet spoke about what is happening today. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they have the scriptures to look back at. It's, you know, I think this is kind of almost as, you know, the the Pharisees and all them, they don't want to lose their power. Oh. Almost, you know, just, you know, like certain and see, in verse Certain tw- people today. Oh, exactly. In, in verse twenty-five, too. Right after that, not only does he talk about Moses, he he uh, a roundabout way mentions the Tower of Babel incident because he says, uh, "You are the sons of the prophets of the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your offspring shall all families of the earth be blessed." Because after the Tower of Babel. You know, the tongues were divided, the peoples were divided. Then what does he do? He calls out Abraham and says, Through your name all nations shall be blessed. So he had a plan, like Stephen said from the beginning. It had to be this way. This was the plan, that all the nations would come back together through the name of Abraham. It don't say all the Jewish nations. It's all all the nations. Yeah. Because we're all. Right created in the image of God. That's right. We're all God's people. And that's when he said he'd reclaim the nations, too, is what he's talking about, is is all the Gentiles, everybody that was not Jewish in the end, would have that. We're, we're, well, we have the option, too, and we, you know, all sitting at this table, Jackson included, have all, you know, made that declaration, and that's when we talk about the difference between baptized by water and baptized in the Spirit. Baptized by water doesn't mean you're saved, but what being baptized by water is is your commitment it's to a decla- Jesus. Declaration. It's a declaration, exactly, yeah. to Jesus saying, "Hey, you chose me. I'm yours." It's it's showing the world. It is whoever's there. Hey, kind of like how some was it Doug that said it. You stand up and just holding the big flag on the battlefield. Probably. I'm here. That sounds I'm like in, Doug. I'm in the battle now. You know, but that's that when you with the spirit, that's your that's when you accept Jesus into you. That's when you're saved, when the Holy Spirit comes into you like that. And and that's what I love this when they talk about this. And when we get into it a little later, when they can see that they're full. I mean, see visually see that someone's full of the Holy Spirit. I am jealous of that. See, that goes back to the water. The woman at the well. You drink of me. You'll never thirst. Mm-hmm. You will overflow. Mm-hmm. That's the Holy Spirit you pouring ne- out of you. Yeah, I mean it's just how everything just Fits comes together. together. <laughs> That's all I got for uh, four. Why don't you tell everybody who Jackson might be, since you mentioned him? My well, son Jacks uh, hanging out with us today, getting involved in the Bible study a little bit. He's the silent partner today. The silent partner. I tried to get him a mic, but he wouldn't. He said he didn't want to talk. <laughs> Eventually, we'll get there. <laughs> but um, you said that was was that the end of three or the end yep. of four? We're going into four now. Chapter four. All right. Well, Steve. Overview. Overview. Four. No details. Just overview. Oh, I'm sorry. No, don't spoil it. Um, Peter and John arrested. Overview. Overview. Complete. (laughs) Boom. Who else got arrested a lot? A trip to the pokey. 
Who? Are you trying to confess? No, no. <laughs> I just went blank. Don't be telling my secrets here in front of everybody. John the Baptizer got arrested. Oh, oh, yeah. He did it. He did. You know. Seems like, you know, if you're really doing what God wants you to do, you might, in this day, you might get arrested. Well, you know what is interesting, too, is that when you look through a lot of places where, you know, Peter earlier, he quoted Joel, but a lot of the places when he's talking, he goes back and quotes David. And I, I it's, it's funny because he calls David a prophet, which... I mean, he was some of his some of his stuff is very prophetic, but I've never thought of David as a prophet until actually until I reread this for I don't know how many times I've gone through Acts, but I love Acts. But I've never thought of David as a prophet. You always thought of him as a king. Yeah, I always his thought king of him as, hat's pretty dominant. It is, yeah, king and, and then little David he, who killed. I always think Goliath. of the, the yeah, I think of that too, and I think yeah. that's the the Sunday school in me that's coming the, out. Yeah, but also the you know the man after God's own heart is the, always the other thing that I think is. The fact that Peter uses the Psalms like crazy. There's so much of the Psalms in there, and, and he just requotes David a bunch of times. And I, I just thought that was an interesting kind of fact, and it's, it's made me want to really dig into the Psalms a bit more, and that's something I'll do on my own, I promise. I'm not going to bore you hey, right we now. Might, we might get to it. You never know. In our next 37-week Bible study, <laughs> we're doing Psalms. We will skip 119. <laughs> uh, but uh, in that one, yeah, of course, he's preaching, and they grab him and throw him in prison and pull him before, uh, before the council and give him a good stern talking to him, tell him pretty much just to shut up. And uh, That sounds familiar, too. Yeah. That's what happened to Jesus with Rome. I, I do love when he says... By what power or by whose name have you done this? Talking about healing the lame man, right? And then I let the my favorite part of these, always in Acts, especially. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, right? It always, it just, it's, it's at that point, Peter becomes God's mouthpiece, right? Into the, he's just like, God, take over. Here's the wheel. You know, Jesus, here's the wheel. You know, and he and he lets he lets the spirit basically talk through him. And when it talks about this stuff, there there it says they're talking about how surprised the boldness because they said they they knew they weren't really learned in the scriptures the way that the Pharisees or whatever. But it blew them away. It's kind of like going back to when Jesus was a twelve year old and he's in the temple. Didn't you know I'd be with my father? But he blew the priests away because of the, the, his knowledge. And it's the same thing here. Peter and John are sitting there and they're just rattling stuff off and they're blown away they they know something's happening they can feel it they know this is it but you know what they like their lives they they like their 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 station in life they like their status their power and what they're saying if it's true they're nothing exactly and so what they do rather than seeing this and if you go back to the chosen with nicodemus and stuff if you haven't seen that that's whew, I I'll would give you chills. I would hate to be that guy. <laughs> but I'm I, but that part. I mean, but oh. if you look at all that and you see this, it's really showing the Pharisees' true colors at this point. They'd rather stick to the Torah, like the 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 true old, you know, scripture, and and still look to the future, looking for a different Messiah. Because you know what? I'm comfortable where I am right now. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna I mean, go. It's for better this. to rule in hell and serve in heaven. That's what they're thinking. That's a that's a 
pretty profound statement. I like that. Yeah. But see, that's what I was going to mention was verse 13 because it stood out to me. But uh, how I took it, you know, was the, here was this simple fisherman speaking so eloquently, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and so profoundly, you know, was basically what it stood out to me was is how God uses the, the weak things to confine the strong and the simple to confound the wise, you know. Like uh, Mike Kerr said in that interview, you know, God doesn't call the qualified he qualifies the called, and it's the, it's the weak things that really manifest his glory the most. Yeah. David and Goliath. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a, it's that you always thought we talked about that, and um, we were talking about uh, glorifying the youngest, right? The meek. You know, it's uh, it it was always you know Joseph, or it was, or it was David. You see the 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 younger or or you know able like you would talked about the younger god favoring that over i mean i granted that was for a different uh topic when we're talking about us and the and the angels but you see that you see that storyline constantly throughout the bible where the meek will inherit the earth that's right and then in verse 19 you know we get in there and they're you know hey you guys knock it off keep your mouth shut and, and and they respond, do you think God wants us to obey you or him? <laughs> I mean, no, we're not we're not going to do that. Yeah, which I didn't know, even lie to them. And yeah, tell them like, what they wanted to hear. I can't do that. <laughs> I'll try. Nope. It was just a no. And to, oh, go ahead. Uh, oh, I was just going to say, and once again, Deuteronomy thirty-two popped out to me. In uh, verse uh, 25 and 26, you know, it said, Why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. So it mentions kings. That's, you know, earthly. But in the very same sentence, and rulers. The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers, the rulers were gathered together. We're talking about spiritual rulers and over the physical. Realms. Yes. Right. So over the n- kings. Not only was humans rulers plotting right. against the anointed one, the spiritual wickedness in high places that Paul talks about, Deuteronomy thirty-two, were all gathered around that cross, celebrating, thinking they'd won. Oh yeah. And, and uh, the profound statement? The the stone the, that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. Right. Do you guys ever remember a singer called Carmen? I do. He wasn't a singer, he was a talker to music. True. He never ever true. sang a word. <laughs> true. He spoke to music. They were pretty profound but, little uh, But the champion. Oh, you yeah. remember that song? I do remember that. I mean, like what you're saying, the champion, it's like it's, you know, he's talking to music and, and it's like a boxing match yeah you know and boom 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 and it's like you know the dramatic music whatever it's like and he goes down and you know god's the the judge or the the umpire and he's like 10 9 and then you hear like the little demons oh no what's going on he's, he's getting up he's he's stuck they're counting backwards Oh no! You know, so you need a Jim like, Ross there. <laughs> oh my God! With the but, chair. But you know, and then he, you know, and then you know, obviously Jesus wins. But 
That's when he, well, when that he said that. Well, that was anticlimactic. Yeah. There, you well, I don't remember so- it. It's a long done, time ago. You could have done a lot more sound effects there, Ben. It's a slobber knocker, yeah, as Jim Ross would say. <laughs> but it, yeah, that'd be a good song to go listen or spoken to music <laughs> to go listen to. And for my non-wrestling fan listeners, I apologize for that reference confusion. You do have a little Google miniature Jim Ross, little miniature Hulk. Oh yeah, on your Jim Ross stand. was the announcer. Wasn't yeah, he? yeah. See, I was a he wore the big cowboy hat. Yeah, and, I was a HBK fan. I don't know what that is. Heartbreak, Heartbreak Kid. kid. John Michael, you baby. guys are much younger than me, I think. Because you're not from the South. When okay. I watched we, yeah. wrestling, this was on. Yeah. It was on eleven o'clock after cartoons on Saturday in the morning. I don't remember it coming on Saturday. It was morning. Saturday at eleven o'clock. This this is how much older I am than you guys, and and it would be NWA back days. then. Oh, way 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 before that stuff. But Hulk Hogan was like eighteen well, no, years NWA, old. NWA that was the very first wrestling organization. Oh no, yeah, it was still WWF. WWF. It was WWF well, no, when okay, I watched it. Okay, you had WWF was the show, and inside the show you had the New World Order. The NWO, who was certain wrestlers, was like a group. Then you had the Wolf Pack. I'm sure that's had, still way before you know. I watched it because Hulk Hogan. Well, that was Hulk after, Hogan after, wore his yellow stuff. That back was when I well, Hulk it. Hogan was part of the New World Order. New World Order. Anyway, I watched Jake the Snake and a Junkyard Dog and Sting. all those guys. Uh, the Ultimate Sting, Warrior, Sting Tatanka. Yeah, that's old school wrestling. That's yeah. when I watched it. That's how old yeah. I am. So anybody yeah. listening well, knows. I mean, that, you can date too, me, but. He's like okay. 60. Don't worry about it. He just sounds young. <laughs> All right. Hey, guys. I mean, you ain't got no hair, so, I don't have any hair. you know, we've already discussed that once before. All right, back on track. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Let's Shut back it up rabbit. here. Enough wrestling. How do we even get there? I don't know, but I want you to know I quit <laughs> with wrestling uh, after it was off Saturday morning, so it's, I don't know anything about it now. It's probably a good thing. It's trash. All right, chapter five, Mean Gene Oakland. Brother, brother. <laughs> so here, I guess I I got ahead of myself a little bit. Chapter five is when they begin selling everything and giving uh, to the poor. No, no, they no. Started, they started that started before. Yeah, but I mean, they really specifically they just talk pick about out two five. people. This is yeah. they t- they pick out two people here. Yeah. So you got Ananias so chapter five. You don't want to be these people. <laughs> yeah. Sapphira, Sapphira. Sapphira. Yeah. Ananias and Sapphira. Yep. So I'm sure everybody's familiar with that. So let me pose the, the, the question I know everybody's probably had coming to this passage. Was they was they killed for their greed and love of money or for lying? Uh, most definitely for their lying. I would uh, think lying. They, 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 I, would, I don't think necessarily lying or I think it's the miss... How would I say this? Like the mistrust or the, I mean, I guess it would fall under lying, but it's like the conniving. Yeah. And for those who don't know, I'm sorry, but basically the, this, this couple sold their land and went to donate it to Peter and uh, the poor, but they only gave, you know, like maybe two thirds of the money and kept some back from themselves, but, but, but said, they, yeah. this is what it sold the, for here. Take it the all. Two thirds is what they said they sold. Yeah. It sold for. Then they fell down dead after they well, were given a chance to as soon as to they tell lied. the truth, and they yeah. lied. Yeah, the, and then the they husband fell over dead. The husband fell down dead, and someone drug him out. And then they called for the wife, 
She said the same she, thing. She said she lied and said the same story, and and she fell down. And they dead. told they told her the same, and yeah. she didn't know yet that her husband had died. Right. And she said the, and they said the same men that buried your husband will now bury you. <sighs> but anyway, they, I it mean, says, they flat out asked them. Yeah, was that verse four? It says three hours later in seven. So. But it says, you were not lying to us, but to God. Right, yep. Three hours later, the wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Mm-hmm. And Peter asked her, what was the price your husband received for the land? And she replied, the same. that was the price. Yeah. So Peter Peter said, how could, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test? the spirit of the lord well see i ask because i've been in churches before and pastors use this reference for tithing but say well you're supposed to give 10 percent, and you and look what happened to these two because they were dishonest and and i'm like now that i'm older and i read i'm like if dude would have just come forward and been like hey bro money's tight and times are hard i can't even afford a christmas card but he gave, I sold it for this. I'm going to keep this much back for myself. He gave more than 10%, so you can't use that. Yeah, so right. it, it'd probably been cool but, then to be like, well, right. okay, then, you know, I appreciate You didn't have to give me the two-thirds, and you're giving me that, so thank you. But no, right. it's but the it was deceitfulness the and the lying. Right. Mm-hmm. That was That's what I thought, anyway. That's exactly what I think. I think our honesty to God, because God knows everything. Oh, he knows, yeah. So our honesty to God when we're talking to him, not lying to God, because if we, if we think we can lie to God, we're wrong. <laughs> Oh yeah, by far. I mean, well, we can't hide anything from God. We can pretend and we can we can verbalize a lie to God, but it doesn't it doesn't change the truth. No. As they, I forget what song it is, but it says. Is it a spoken to word song? No. It, <laughs> well, let's not go back to wrestling. <laughs> it no, was it Carmen. Says, it, I just oh, got you out that, of the ring. It's that song about uh, what's them brothers? That band of the the two brothers, uh, Jonas Brothers. No. <laughs> <laughs> for God and country, or for King and country. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, that that, one of their songs, which they sang with Dolly Parton. It's you know, it's kind of talking about you know, go to God, no matter your troubles. But it says only you and God knows your true self. You can't hide anything. I'm so, done. Yeah. <laughs> well, another question. Okay. We just talked to Doug Van Dorn recently. Oh, I know. I Verse nineteen. Is this the angel of the Lord or an angel of I, the Lord? I think this is Jesus coming back to make sure to check up on everybody. Uh, ben, re- read that verse for us, 19. Okay, 19. But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. Then he told them, go to the temple and give the people this message of life. And see, that's what I thought at first, but my uh, only kind of like, eh. The and? It says and. Look, look who he set free, though. No, but look at the context. Okay. These guys knew Jesus personally. Right. They would have recognized him. So they would have said Jesus came. But, or, or, yeah. But they're so Unless full. maybe this is his glorified body and he's, his appearance is different. I think I mean, that we will look different when we're in heaven, because honest to goodness, if you look at me right now, this is not a heavenly body. <laughs> But maybe in heaven. No, it'd but, be worse. Do you know? <laughs> <It'd> be, 
Heaven's so much more beautiful. It would be way but worse. No, I think that's it. Because I mean, in heaven, we will have a different. We'll have a different, different glorified name. body. We'll have a different name. And I know it does say an angel of the Lord, but if you look at that, normally, normally when you see references like that, it'll the just angel, say an angel, an yeah, angel, not angel there, of or, the Lord. That would be. But represent when it, Jesus in the Old Testament. I believe, and it's hard too because when we're reading these translations, it would it would be interesting to go back and see the Greek, the and Greek in this case, because this would have been written in Greek, and it, it would just to see exactly how they said that. If is it a, is to see? Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't like. I don't know how to do that in logos. But I don't know. I think that's. I think personally, I think that's what it is. But. I do want to back it up a little bit here, though. I, I got past the one part that I think is pretty cool is that, once again, I think you, people saw how full of the Holy Spirit the disciples and the apostles were. Is that, And I think this is pretty crazy. It says, hold on, right here in verse 15, as a result of the apostles' work, Sick people were brought to them out of the streets on bed and on mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across them as he went by. Peter's shadow. You know, they, they we talked about the how, how you know, people would try to reach out just to touch Jesus' garments yeah, and, and things faith. of that nature. Yeah. The faith, and he says, it's not that that healed you. It's the faith that healed right. you. But the fact that they believed that Peter was so imbued with the Holy Spirit that his shadow... Right. Crossing over them would heal them. It's their faith that healed them. But it says right there, the next verse, crowds came from the villages and around Jerusalem, bring in their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. It's their faith. It's our faith. It's everybody's faith. You mean it's not works? <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't think a single work at all will help you. Well, well, let's I'm put sure it this. they kept all the feasts and holy days. They they pronounced God's and Jesus's name just right. I'm sure that had to come into play. So just don't eat the holy bread. Don't eat it. Don't eat the bread. It's only for certain the show people. bread. Yeah. <laughs> what? David, David ate the show David. bread. Yeah. Oh, they took the they took the the bread that was only like for the priest or something. Oh like. yeah yeah yeah. You got just, one on him. I yes. And I, I'm done. I'm, I'm done with everything. <laughs> he retires. Leaving, I retire. I, just, I leave a winner. <laughs> I just still to this, and when reading Acts especially, I just, first of all, Acts, and I guess this I should have said more when I was talking about the overview of the whole thing. Acts is, you know, this is directly after the, or when the start of the Great Commission, you know, basically when all that happened, all that's happening. And, you know, it's our, it's it's our call. Uh, it's basically a blueprint of how we're supposed to be. You know, when we have the Holy Spirit in us, you know, and 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 God had said, you know, it, it, a faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains. It makes me think, how small is my faith that I can't move mountains? But when you look at that and you think about these things that that you see, how full of the Holy Spirit. These men were how much faith they had. And granted, they got to see him before and witnessed him after. But man, we have that same spirit living in us, and I just want to do everything I can to nurture that to the level that people see it in me too. I want to be that one where they look and say, "Hey, wow, he's so full of the Holy Spirit." 
I want to be that person. And I think that you see that, and I think you see this throughout Acts, that this is just, it's a blueprint of how we're supposed to be. This is what we're supposed to do to the whole world. They were doing it through the known world, the table of nations that we talked about. They're doing it through the known world. After that, their job was done. You know, when, when, when they got to heaven, God said, well done, my good and faithful servant. I want them to say that to me. When we get done here and we go through and we do everything that we're supposed to do, reach everybody we're supposed to reach as we're going through this life, when you look at this and you see that these people wanted to just be around them because of how full of the Holy Spirit they were, that's what we're supposed to be. That's what we're supposed to draw those people no to us. No matter what. No matter what. It, no matter what. And that's what we say is when we talk about sins and sinners and things of that, who did Jesus surround himself with? Oh, yeah. Not people that he thought were doing not, God's not work. Not the, high, the highfalutin. He didn't, he, I didn't come for the righteous. Right. You know, no, I didn't yeah. come for the righteous. I came for the sinners. So well, when I, our job is not to condemn the sinner, once again, it's to condemn the sin and try to help people along the path and their, their, their path towards a better relationship and understanding of God. And that's really what this whole book is about. It's about changing lives. It's about spreading God's word. And you talked about it before, Ben, when you said in that one day, 3,000 people were saved. I don't know how many times in history that's happened. Well, it also says, I think, in three, then then the number jumped to 5,000. So they either added 5,000, but I think they at you know, so added 2,000 to it. Well, they, they, oh, yeah. hundred. They start with 120, and it's just exponentially rising. Oh, yeah. But why? Because they're preaching exactly. with boldness, right. and they're full of the Holy and Spirit. And it's the truth. It's the truth. But, but And the same thing, you know, on top of that, it says here, you know, I don't know, probably um, 23, it says the jail is securely locked. You know, they, they arrested them again, you know, and then it says, you know, um, let's see here. Someone arrived start, with, uh, with startling news. The men who were put in the jail uh, are now standing at the temple preaching again, right? And so they, the you know, the high priest confronted them and, you know, uh, we gave you strict orders to never preach, you know, never speak again in, in Christ's name. And in 29 it says, but Peter and the apostles replied, we must obey God rather than any human's authority. So, I mean, that goes like me and Steve, my buddy, we always kind of joke, you know, you have God's law, and then you have human law, you know. If they conflict, you throw human's law out. So, we call it man's law, (laughs) you know. I'll say one thing and going back a little bit further when we talked about the 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 difference between the Pharisees and and going back kind of what you're talking about right now too Ben and I think it's important and jumping back to verse 17 when it says the high priest and his officials who were Sadducees were filled with jealousy right so once again this isn't about them following God this is about the fact that these men were drawing such crowds to it because they're preaching the truth. They were jealous of the attention they were getting. Oh, yeah. It wasn't because they wanted what was best in God's kingdom or in God's yeah. greater. No, it was because they were jealous. Right. And I just, 
reading reading past what I just read, they he they pretty much bash him again for killing Jesus. <laughs> over and over. Over and over. I love yeah. it. Because see, uh, one of the things I had written down was when they were uh, he was confronting them about killing Jesus. You know, yeah. verse thirty he said, "That's where I was." Yeah. Yeah, the, the God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed, by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at the right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and the forgiveness of sins. And in, in my notes, I got that he's drawing on the divinity of Christ once again, just in case they missed it. You know, oh, yeah. Jesus became the curse for all. You know, it says, cursed is the man that's hung on a tree, Deuteronomy 21, chapter 21, verse 23. Even Moses foreshadowed this event in Numbers chapter 21, verse 9, when he put the serpent on the pole and raised it, and all who believed, you know, were healed. Right. This time, you know, God was put on a tree right. and hoisted up, and all who looked were were not only healed, but saved. forever saved. Right. And, and all, I mean, just out there, you know, Judas hung himself, obviously off of a tree, I would assume. You know, because he pretty, I'd hate to have been that guy too. We was watching the chosen part, and it's when Ju- Judas, you know, um, at the end of season two, you know, Judas come to follow follow christ <laughs> I, I haven't like, got there yet don't spoil it too oh. much well i'm just saying it's like you know jesus knew that judas was gonna turn on him but it's like jesus chose me to be his end <laughs> know what i mean like he already knew i'm gonna pick that guy to ruin you know to end me to save everybody, obviously, but I would hate to be that, you know, <laughs> to be that guy. Well, what's funny is how that whole group, you know, yeah, it was a, you know, like Stephen said, it was a, a power struggle. It was a bunch oh, of guys of that were jealous, didn't want to let loose of their power. But there was one wise man in the bunch. You know, verse 38, you know, this is when they're uh, all conversing with one another what to do with him. And they're saying, you know, no, they've drew large cl- crowds. If we kill right. them, it'll be an uprising, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And I love this. This showed the the wisdom of this guy, Gamaliel or something like that. But, but it said, "So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them." Right. I mean, that was some, some wisdom right there. Yeah. And it would have been just that easy if they would have just stepped back. And but then they could have. again, well, they stepping on their, their turf almost, you know. There's a hard line here because I think, you know, Jesus, you know, he's constantly in prayer with the Father, right? I mean, he, he separates himself often to pray. But, um, you know, he's got that direct contact with God, also being part God himself. So he knows that some of this stuff is going to happen, and he knows he knows what's get, the end result is. So to get there, it's kind of like uh, parts of the play are scripted. Not all of it, but parts of the play are scripted because Jesus has to be like, okay, 
things are maybe going too well. So maybe I need to. Huh? You're not a Calvinist. No. No. He has to, he has to, you know, maybe say, okay, we're getting close to that. Maybe I got to push these people's buttons a little bit because, you know, all of a sudden they're accepting me. make you happy because they have to choose to do it. It has to get to that point. Right. So he knows the path he has to take. Do I go and preach here today or go in there today? Because that would change the outcome. And, you know, it's, it's, we've talked about that before about, you know, free will and those, and those types of situations and God having, uh, the ability to, to that kind of that forethought when we talk about like when, uh, David, right. The King or not King at the time, but David, uh, is running away from Saul, but David and his men helped this, this city and, and they're in this city. And David asks God, he says, he hears Saul's army is coming. And David asked God, if I stay here, will these people give me up to Saul? And God said, yes. So he left. So God knows the, 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 basically the outcome of each of your, of your choices. So he knows through all that. I mean, there's still free will. He had the will. To, or he had the free will to choose one or the other, to leave or stay. He chose to leave because he asked God and God knew that if he stayed, those people would give him up. So it shows that, and I think that's he, I think that's important he knows distinction. The repercussion of both decisions. Yes, you know, just like right. Rick Hasty, you know, Rick was saying, you know, God is above all time, space, and matter. Well, oh, we yeah. see things linear. Yeah, he sees that's it outside from of 30, our thinking. Yeah. Thirty thousand foot view. He sees mm-hmm. all, all paths. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we're closing up uh, on a little bit over an hour. Mark, you want to uh, tackle verse six and close it out? Yes. Chapter six. Well, that too. Or verse 6. Chapter 6, I misspoke. I, I ain't got to chapter 6 yet. <laughs> There's, we can... You have uh, to wing it. It's a, wing it's, it. A short, it's a short chapter. Yeah. How about that? That's probably pretty good. If I go... So what, what's your over, or overview on chapter 6? Um, I, I think this is... Uh, I guess it's hard because chapter six bleeds into chapter seven so much. Um, you know, chapter six talks about when Stephen's arrested and and things of that nature, and I and, you know they have to. They talk. It says the twelve, so it would have been the original disciples with Matthias at this, you know, being the the twelfth at that point. Um. They said they should not spend all their time. Teach, they should spend all their time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. So, I mean, it, it does say that it does, and it's it's so they they decide they have to pick. You know, they said they're going to pick seven men to help run that to take care of the widows. To, yes, right. And I think I always think you know when we look at these things that God, you know, um, or God, you know, when he's when he's having Luke write these books, you know, Luke's being inspired to write these books. And he always points out important things. Well, everything. That's what I was about to say. I got a nice little rabbit trail. I'll let you go. I'll let you go. If you haven't found it. You you go ahead. Uh, Well, what I'd found or found interesting was uh, when it lists these guys in verse 5. You know, these are the the five that they picked to to watch over the the, the widows and the women to look after them. Because I guess it's important to note that in Jewish culture— it was very important to to look after the widows. I mean, it, they even had Levitical laws on it. But, uh, you know, verse 5, it says, And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And then they chose Stephen, 
a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas. Uh, I don't know what that word is. A pros, proseth? Either way, a something of Antioch. Mm-hmm. So, what stands out to me uh, is uh, Nicholas. Now, see, I got here my notes says uh, go to verse 5 and, and follow the bunny trail. So, if I follow my bunny trail in my notes, uh, Nicholas, I believe, is connected to the Nicolaitans mentioned in Revelation, where it talks about their uh, uh, their sins and says, you know, don't don't follow the ways of the the Nicolaitans. Um, give me just a second. Mine was not as profound as this, just so you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's see. If you follow this bunny trail. To Revelation chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, it says, But I have a few things against you. You have some there who hold the teachings of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel, so they might eat food sacrificed to idols and practice sexual immorality. So also you have some who hold the teachings of the Nicolaitans. Therefore, repent. If not, I will come to you soon and a war and war against them with the sword of my mouth. So here it has specific mentions of food, which was Nicholas's job duty, and sexual immorality. So Again, now if we go down to Revelation chapter 2, verse 20, you have another mention. It says, But I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. Uh, I've read and heard some podcasts uh, where they're saying that that uh, Nicholas in Acts is referring to the Nicolaitans that he basically took advantage of these widows and done a lot of sexual, you know, immoral immorality toward these women, and and that's basically spun off into like a a, a whole cult or or basically movement of. Uh, fornicating with women and eating food sacrificed to idols. That one's a new one to me. Huh. Oh. So at wrestling, huh? No. <laughs> Here I need the cricket sounds. No, I, I just... I don't, I don't know. I guess I, I can see... A little bit of that. I'd have to look deeper to find, like, there's got to be some more connections there, something else that kind of, that connects those dots maybe a little more. Um, that's, I mean, it's, it's interesting, and it's, 
but it's really sad if that's true and he's taking advantage of them and all the and all the you know that say they have 5000 believers around that time and then and he's going around and taking advantage of the widows in the group of the of the only true believers there on earth that's that's terrifying to think of that they were already they're facing with it not just from you know oppression from the outside but from within too which you know that that would be satan's way i mean you know always destroy from within but what about your your bunny trail? It's not even close to that. I can't compete with that. Sure, you can. No, I was I was gonna say I when I when we look through this and we read this, that whenever you see and it did actually it plays a little bit into that Nicholas of Antioch. And it would be interesting to see if we could find him somewhere else too, because, like I said, when you see these other points that they make. Uh, those parentheses, right? And they have something else to say behind the name. There's something important about that person. So I 100% believe there's something about that when it talks about, um, you know, for me, it doesn't say, uh, it doesn't say exactly what it says in yours because for me, it says Nicholas of Antioch, an earlier convert to the Jewish faith. So I'm wondering why they brought that up because you would think that if, um, he was new in faith, so easily could be swayed, I guess. Maybe. I mean, there, there's something there to that. But I also, that's go back to Stephen. It says, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. And I know that that takes us down the trail into chapter 7, which is kind of that thing. But I think it's so important that you see when it when it has something that, that separates them. Because it says, you know, it says, you know, Philip and, and Prochorus and... and Nicantor or Nicanor, you know, it talks about these, but it doesn't really have anything special to say about them. It's like going back to uh, early in Genesis, and you know, it says something like, "And his sister Nema," right? When it's they haven't me- mentioned a single woman in the genealogy except for um, um, what's his name's wives, you know what I mean? And and uh, Lamech's wives, you know, Zilla and Ada or whatever. And, and then it all of a sudden, for some reason, drops in like his sister. Whenever there's something weird and out of the ordinary or you see something where there's a special reference to somebody, it always has some meaning. It's like it's like the first clue in a bunny trail, like you just said, or the first clue in like an Indiana Jones movie. Where is this going to take us next? You know, does X mark the spot? You have to just with Stephen, you know, it goes into the next chapter and tells his story. It gives us that that whole line. What happens? Which I think is just a, that I think chapter seven is probably one of my favorite chapters because it brings so many different things to fruition. Um, and you kind of see the beginning of of uh, Saul as well, which I think is really, really cool. But well, cool. It was terrifying for those people. But anyway, you know, it's just you see the pieces all start to fit together. But when you see stuff like that with Nicholas Antioch, when you see those references, an earlier convent to the Jewish faith, why would it not? say anything about Philip or, or Prochorus, why would they not have a special mention? Obviously. Drawing a distinction maybe between the two, an obvious distinction, which I just looked on Logos, how you do the word search mm-hmm. for that big word I couldn't pronounce. Uh, it says uh, a Gentile who uh, signified his wish to convert to Judaism by being circumcised and baptized and offering a sacrifice in the temple. So a recent convert, basically. That was so, a Gentile to begin with. But bringing, so that's actually interesting too because that's saying one of the earliest Gentiles in the church then. Yes. 
So there, there, there might be a whole lot more to that, and it might be like you said, it might have been that he was easier to sway or something. If that's true about the Nicolaitans, which I'm not sure, and it'd be interesting to see if there's anything about like the Nicolaitans and like I don't know uh, uh, some of the other extra biblical text or something that that came after then, um, or even maybe look into uh, Josephus or um, Irenaeus or any of those guys that 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 wrote a little bit after this. I think. Or, uh, you know, St. Augustine, somebody like that, if there's anything on that, it'd be interesting to, look, something into. to look into before we do the next one and dive into seven. Yeah. Probably. Maybe we can do a little, if we find anything on that, recap. we can do a little pre recap and bring that in. Well, is there anything else stood out to you? I tell you, people going to jail again. <laughs> I think, I think it's just repeat offenders, huh? Yeah. I think it's just so cool to see how how everything worked, how everything went together, how it pieced it together, how God took and made this happen during not only that during a festival at the same time keeping all his um you know his symbolic numbers and everything in place where and then and still using that festival as a as a launching point for the new church. I think that that's one of the biggest ramifications of this whole thing. And like I said, how important it is for all of us to look at that and say, that's us. That's our job. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And, you know, that's what we're trying to do um, with the resources God gives us. But I think that, I mean, I think that's kind of a good ending point there. I think it's just really important to look at, look at acts as our outline for how we should live our lives. How you should act. Oh, nice segue. Um, Which I like the last two verses, man. It says, For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place, and big bold letters here will change the customs that Moses delivered to us. And then gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. So obviously he had become uh, an countenance. An yeah. Say the spirit was in that one. Yes. That's why he gets parentheses. Yeah. I mean, but, and even Jesus spoke something about that. You know, the laws of Moses was for man. You know. But yeah, it says there, you know, Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth came to change the customs that Moses delivered to right. us. Well, guys, we made it through uh, six chapters, amazingly. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. So, guys uh, that are listening, uh, we can kind of plan that we're going to we can possibly get through another six more on the next one. So, read ahead, dig in, grab your shovels, make some notes, and if you got some questions, send us some messages. Yeah. Keep on digging, guys. We thank you for listening to the Dig Bible Podcast. Questions, comments, or future episode ideas, we'd love to hear from you at the dig 423 at gmail.com. If you enjoy our content, don't forget to share, subscribe, and check out our Facebook group at the Dig Podcast. Remember, you can't lean on a shovel and pray for a hole. you got to dig.